Welcome to the Wrigley Rapport Podcast. It's me, Big Cynical Ben's your host. This is the podcast for the Wrigley Rapport. You can find us and all of our articles online at medium.com slash the dash Wrigley dash Rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, or you can go on medium.com and just search Wrigley Rapport. You can find us on Twitter at Wrigley Rapport. You can find this podcast on Twitter and follow us along games at Wrigley Podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at BigBenKC. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, and everywhere podcasts are found. Today I'd like to talk about my right fielder. My right fielder is Jason Hayward. Plays for the Chicago Cubs. Kind of a big deal. Here's the thing. Everybody had written him off for dead. Everybody had just put him to the curb. He has lost his magic touch. He can never reclaim his swing. He can never come back as the player he once was. Blah, 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 blah. Not how I see it. In fact, without Jason Hayward at the plate, the Cubs might not be in first place. The Cubs would not be in the position they're currently in at the top of the NL Central and with the best record in the National League at 55-42. and 42. It is the very same Jason Hayward that hit the Grand Slam home run that put the Cubs over the top. It is the very same Jason Hayward that hit the ball back up the middle on a little dribbling single between the middle infielders to score the two runs to allow us to sweep the Padres. It is that Jason Hayward, it is your gold glove Jason Hayward that is making the difference right now for the Chicago Cubs. In fact, it is him putting, it, it. he got put in the number two spot in the batting order because Joe Madden works miracles with players. And he does that by instilling confidence. He's the one who used his strategic patience and walked Jason Hayward out there time and time and time again because he knew that the talent was there and that it was going to come around. And it did. It did. We are seeing his staying power as a hitter, his ability to put the ball at all fields, mixed with his gold glove defense in right field where the ball never touches the ground they are not amazing diving plays all the time like an, like an like a Almora in center field or a Hap. But he is consistent. And consistency wins games. Consistency at the plate. The ability to get singles or doubles when the hits count. Because you could pull an Alfonso Soriano and get a home run when nobody's on base. Or you can... Go two for four, you go three for four, you go four for five at the plate, singles, maybe a double, keep the line moving, get on base, get them on, move them over, get them home. And right now in the Chicago Cubs, Jason Hayward is doing that better than anybody else. Anybody else with a bat in his hand, anybody else with a home run pedigree, anybody else who is flashy like Javi. He's a better hitter than Javi right now. He's a better hitter than Hap right now. He's a better hitter than Chris Bryant right now. He's a better hitter than anybody right now on the team. Jason Hayward, ladies and gentlemen, is back. And it may not be the way you want it to be. He's not going to be the Jason Hayward of six years ago hitting 40 home runs. But I tell you what, he's going to win you games. Because consistency wins games. And defense wins championships. I'd take him over Ian Happ right now. 
I'd take him over Zobrist in the outfield. I'd take Hayward over pretty much anybody in the outfield right now as the guy who has the most consistently good glove on the field. And I got to back him. A lot of people were calling for Jason Hayward to be let go, to trade it, will pay half his check to go play somewhere else. No, this is the man who won you the seventh game of the World Series because he did something to bring the clubhouse together in their time of need that nobody else could do. And that in and of itself alone is worth his entire salary. All 170-something million dollars. I know I'm getting that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not a numbers guy. Every penny of that is worth it to win the World Series and to win Game 7 have Jason Hayward be the guy in there. And I know some people are going to say, well, you're just praising him for his past deeds. No, look at what he's done. Look at how hard he's worked. Look at how he's revamped his swing. And he has become the player everybody wanted him to be. This is the minimum baseline. That's the thing guys don't understand. That's the thing these numbers guys don't understand. The nerds crunching the numbers don't get it. This is his minimum baseline again. We're not going to see him slump huge like he did the past two seasons. He's not coming up for air. He's he's above water. He is surfing. He's on top of it. He's leading the team. He's in the number two spot. When Joe Madden builds a lineup, when any baseball coach builds a lineup, when I had to build my lineup when I coached, the first hitter was always your speed guy. The second hitter was your best all-around hitter. Not home run hitter. Not power slugger, best overall hitter. Guy who's going to move him over. And that's the guy Jason Hayward's become. Best record in the National League, 55 and 42. On this, the greatest day outside of the 4th of July is the day of the Midsummer Classic, which is the All Star game. And that is without you, Darvish. With Bryant going on a DL on an extensive stint, with a Rizzo slumping, and with a taxed bullpen, we have the best record in the National League. Take a take a take a take a deep breath. We are here because the manager and the team culture have brought guys into the fold. Guys are buying in. They are relinquishing that championship hangover. They're getting over the hype. They're getting over the expectations. And they're coming together as a team to play ball and win games. And yeah, it's not pretty sometimes. But it doesn't have to be flashy to be effective. Winning baseball games can be ugly. But they are winning baseball games. And they're doing it without their biggest gun in, in, uh, in, the, in, in the lineup. Good teams come together when the MVPs are on the DL, when they lost their blue chips. Guys come together and rally together around the team identity. And that only happens when you have a productive core who backs each other up. This isn't a team full of narcissists. This isn't St. Louis. Joe Madden has created something beautiful here. It's where you could take any player... And you could bring him into this locker room. And he would want to be a part of this culture. He'd want to be a part of the groundwork the Cubs have laid in the clubhouse. To be something greater than their individual parts. To come together as a whole that is greater 
than themselves. And that is a perfect analogy of how to build a winning team. This is a championship team. There's nobody arguing in the dugout. There's nobody throwing punches in the dugout. This is a team built to win through adversity and to do what it takes. And you can see it with the players who are stepping up and moving fo- moving, moving out and forward. Almora Jr. is coming out in a big way. Every time he starts, he does something great. Pushing the team over the top. Javi Baez, stealing bases, stealing home. It's amazing. <coughs> and I have never seen anything like it since 2016. In 2016, there was there was a fire, there was a spark, it was a special feeling because everybody knew it was going to happen. I got the same feeling this year that, especially in the last few weeks, as bad as we've been in that skid, we have been the best team in baseball, the best clubhouse. Everybody moving in the right direction, everybody supporting each other, and that is what is all about being a manager. Being a manager, you have to pull from the best. Individuals can offer and make them buy in to the team to become more than they could be on their on their own. And that's why it's not about having the best guys. It's about having the right guys. Mike Matheny learned this the hard way in St. Louis after getting released from his contract. And you could see it was coming. Division in the locker room that had simmered to a boiling point over the past few years. Players openly spatting in the media with each other. In case you haven't heard, the Wrigley Report now has sponsors. That's right, Wrigleyville Sports is taking a chance on us. They're sponsoring our program, and right now, Wrigleyville Sports has a deal. Enter Spring Ship 18 at checkout and you get free shipping on orders over $25. And I got to tell you, I just saw the new July 4th 5950 caps that came in. Beautiful stars and stripes on that Cubby C. The navy blue pinstripes with the stars in the Cubs logo for the jersey. It is a thing of beauty for the 4th of July, just in time for the Midsummer Classic. And you can get yours today at WrigleyvilleSports.com. You can check out their specials on Twitter at Wrigleyville Sports. Or you can walk into their store right across from Wrigley Field, Chicago, Illinois, every day. Again, that's promo code SPRINGSHIP18. Get free shipping on orders over 25 bucks. Check it out. WrigleyvilleSports.com. We got five outfielders right now. We got Schwabs, Schwabs. We got Hayward. We got Almore Jr. We got Hap, and we got Zobrist. The swingman can be Listella. Chris Bryant plays the outfield. We're not talking about him. All right, let's go through 2019. Who's your outfield in 2019? You can pick three of the five, and why. All right, let's go through this one by one. First is you got to have Schwarbs. Because Schwarbs bulked up, losing weight, adjusting to pitchers, almost won the home run derby. 
And he's my spirit animal, let's be honest. He's got the dad bod, just like me, but he still crushes it. He's getting better on defense. Not the best, still better. Don't know if a gold glove's in his future, but as long as he keeps his on-base percentage high, he'll be a valuable asset. Keeps losing weight. I don't know if he's going to lose any more weight, but if he keeps losing weight, it can be a, a steal threat, and on-base percentage is going to be critical at that point. Uh, Jason Hayward. This guy, I want Jason to retire a cup. Let me tell you why. Because his defense is non-stop, gold, glove, caliber. Period. And his sentence. Gold glovers win you championships. Defense wins you championships. Jason Hayward needs to be a cub for life. And his swing is coming around. We already went through it in the first segment. Went all over my love for Jason Hayward. I love that man, and I love him as my right fielder. He's got to stay there. And now Moore Jr. Dude makes Sports Center top 10 plays every day, all day. He's going to hurt himself. He's going to be an injury risk. Reminds me of Alex Gordon on the Royals. Just, just reckless endangerment against that wall. Just sacrifices your body. Sacrifice your body. That's Almora Jr. And um, he has got a solid bat when he leads off. He is also the leadoff man. So I really think that um, he needs to put Almora put where he needs to be at the top of the order because... I heard some ridiculous statistic that they've won three to one games, ratio three to one when Almore is leading off, which I think is ridiculous. But hey, whatever works, you go, we go. Uh, he's got the speed, he can swipe bags, and he doesn't have the free swinging feel of a Javi Baez. And although I love Anthony Rizzo, my papa Rizzo, I love him to death. Uh, he's not a leadoff hitter. He's not. He, he's a guy who gets. The guy in from second base, choking up on a two-strike pitch and, and flying out to right field. So, is what it is. But that's my three. Schwarber, Hayward, Almora. And why are we only picking three? Because I want Bryce Harper. I know. Pipe dream. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Call me whatever. Just don't call me late for dinner. After watching Harper... In his frustration, throw his helmet on the ground at the end of NLDS last year when they lost to the Cubs, came to a realization that he really hates to lose in the playoffs. And I think this year will do it for him. I think this year, if the Nationals lose again in the first round, I think he's cutting ties. I think he's done. If they even make it that far. I know. They're going to make it. So, what? who, what, who are they, they going to lose to? They're going to lose to the Cubs? Who are they going to lose to? Um, whoever they lose to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the first round. The fall happen, comes, the leaves change color, football starts, and the Washington Nationals lose in the first round of the playoffs. That is just what happens every fall. So, when it happens, he's going to want to look for a winning team. He's got a winning culture. And the Chicago Cubs has already got his best friend from Las Vegas, Bryce Harper. That's right. His BFF's already on the team. So, we all know this. And we all saw how everybody thought Darvish was going to sign for ridiculous $200 million numbers. And Theo Epstein got him to sign for 5 for 126 mil. 
and that is outrageously low for somebody who somebody who is elite numbers like you Darvish signing for barely above what John Lackey was getting paid that is impressive he signed bottom dollar because he wanted to come to the Cubs. And I think that's going to happen with Bryce Harper, too. He's going to sign for less than market value because he wants a ring. Especially if the Cubs win another ring this year. So who are we giving up? Number one, Ian Happ. Strikeout artist. Hashtag strikeout artist. He's coming along somewhat, and then he regresses. And he gets frustrated, you can see it on his face, and then he tries harder to hit home run, and he loses it. So, it's, he's very up and down, he's a young player, he's in the midst of his sophomore slump, he doesn't know how to handle it. Zobrist is on the downhill side, I love Ben. He got World Series ring with the Royals and with McCubbies. He's, he's old, he's 37 downhill side of your career, Ben. Like just just be happier there, man. You're you're a second baseman who covers for Javi. You're you're an outfielder to cover when uh center fielders get tired. I mean, you're a spot starter in the lineup. You can't run. So just be happy to be here, man. And there's no doubt we would not have won seventh game of the World Series without your double. However, you know you're going downhill, man. So maybe not, maybe not this year, maybe not next year. But uh, you know, Ben's on his way out. He's on his way down. And the third sacrificial lamb I would get rid of is is Tommy Listella. I know, I know. He's a prospect. He's gonna have huge numbers. Well, let's take a closer look at look at numbers for all three of these guys and who I think they closest resemble in the Cubs history book. Now, here's a rule. Every team has one or two prospects. Except your team that has like 10. Okay? Your team has tons of prospects. Every other team's got like one or two. That's because your team is subjective. You want to see your players do well. But when you're looking at other teams, at talent that's there and their prospects, objectively... You see, there really is a lack of talent, and there are only a couple guys. <coughs> While I bring to you that maybe in a roster that is packed with talent, there are not as many great, legendary Hall of Fame players as we think they are. Will Ben Zobris go into the Hall of Fame? Maybe. I think he makes a good case. But I think at the end of the day, Ian Happ and... And Tommy Lestella, they're they're just guys. So, Tommy Lestella, he's he runs this year. He's running a slash line at two seventy two, three thirty six, six forty seven, which is which is decent. It's decent. Uh, we can mirror that to the two thousand seven season for Ryan Terrio, the former Cubs middle infielder. Sometimes second base, sometimes shortstop, most times shortstop. He had 266, 326, 672, 2007. They were the same age. He's got the same build. He's got the same still same skill set. He's great in a spot start. He's a great guy off the bench. 
But as far as a starter, he is he is you know above average at best. And I think that would be your equivocation. Um, Ian Happ. This is where it gets interesting. I was looking at Ian Happ. Ian Happ's numbers this year, 256, 379, 832. Not bad. Okay, but he's got 100 strikeouts already this year. Already this year. 100 strikeouts. Last year, he only had 160-some-odd strikeouts. So this is ridiculous amounts of striking out. And the fastest way to kill momentum in a rally is striking out. He finds ways to strike out after he gets to 3-0 counts. He finds ways of striking out when the ball is outside the zone. Ian Happ is a strikeout artist. It's what he does. Fortunately, as Cubs fans, we used to have a strikeout artist who was the center of our team. His name was Alfonso Soriano. Yes, that's Alfonso Soriano. And in his 25-year-old year with the Washington Nationals, he had 46 home runs. He struck out 160 times. And he had a similar stat line to Ian Happ. So he had the same amount of strikeouts. And he hit his ceiling in home runs at 46. <coughs> so does that mean Ian Happ can't be better than Alfonso Soriano? I didn't say that. But I think is that's the that's that's his archetype. That's his peak. He's a free swinger who strikes out too much. And he'll make you amazing plays in the outfield. He will. But he's more of a liability at the plate than he is an asset. And you cannot build a team around a guy like that. You can't you can't lead him off. You know, you can't make him an everyday starter. He's got to wrap his head around the fact that he needs to get a better grasp of the strike zone if he's going to make a good player out of himself. I don't know if he can do it. I think Ian Happ's got the upside to be able to trade, but I think if we trade him, if we get rid of him, if we let him go, we're going to look back and say, might have dodged a bullet. Because this is the best clubhouse culture he's going to be in. There is no pressure here to succeed. The only pressure he has is what he puts on himself. In other places he goes, there's going to be a lot of pressure, especially if he gets a big paycheck. Being a young guy, I don't know how he's going to respond to that. Rarely does it bring out a better player. That's all I'm going to say. Rarely do guys sign for big money at places that have big expectations and do better, i.e. Dexter Fowler. Third, let's take a look at Ben Zobris. 37 years old, season. He's hitting 285, 387, 37-year-old season for Andre Dawson, former Cub. He was hitting 277, 316, 772. Solid, I mean, fairly solid numbers if you look at it. However, that was also the year that the Cubs released him to free agency. That was the last year the Hawk played for the Cubs. The Cubs did not see those stats as somebody they wanted to keep around for the money he was wanting. And I think Zobris is headed the same direction. He's had an amazing run here the past two years, getting the two rings. Let's give him another ring this year. But we got to be moving on from Zobrist. I don't think we. I don't know if we could trade him. But um, he's not the future. And if it's if it's allows us to bring Harper in for another World Series run next year, I'm all for it. But those are your outfielders. And those are the guys we can let go. Remember, they're not all Hall of Famers, and all the prospects are not future Hall of Famers. 
and you don't really have five or six great players. You've really got one or two, and the other guy's just filling around the edges. So let's take some of these guys that fill in around the edges, and let's leverage them into something better, a proven commodity, a spark for the offense. Let's do it without sacrificing defense. Because the problem I have with the stat nerds is they don't understand that sacrificing defense loses games. Because offense is inconsistent. Home runs are inconsistent. And the more uh, managers and general managers accept the fact of more strikeouts for home run hitters, the worse an offense is going to do. Because strikeouts kill momentum, strikeouts kill rallies, strikeouts lose games. You can't build a team on home run hitting strikeout artists. You can't do it. <coughs> a few years ago, I got asked the question uh, if you wanted to. Uh, I, I watched the World Baseball Classic. It was last spring. And Nolan Arenado was up to bat. And dude could not care less. Could not care less at the plate. Was swinging at everything. Unfocused, undisciplined hitter. And then Christian Yelich was there. And I liked what I saw in Christian Yelich as a manager. Because you see the kid focus in. Adjust his approach to the pitch. Or adjust his approach at the plate. One game he went 0 for 4. The next game he adjusted and went 2 for 4. The next game he readjusted and went 3 for 4. Swiped a couple bags. All the guys on my fantasy baseball team wanted Nolan Arenado. And I said, nope. No, I don't want you Nolan Arenado. I want Christian Yelich. And they laughed at me for it. And I said, look, he might not get the stats that a Nolan Arenado is going to get. But Christian Yelich isn't going to throw down his helmet like a baby when he strikes out. And he's going to learn from his mistakes. And he doesn't think he knows everything and he's going to learn from his coaches and he's going to adjust his approach and he's going to do better in the long run and not be so streaky as Nolan Arenado. Now the home runs aren't there. You know, the fantasy scoring is not there, but as an all-around player, as a guy who I want in my clubhouse, I'll take Christian Yelich every day of the week over Nolan Arenado and twice on Sundays because it matters who your team is made up of just as much as it matters in their skill level. If a guy's going to be a cancer in the clubhouse, I don't care if he's Babe Ruth. He's not worth it. Not worth it. So it's about putting the right guys together and knowing when you can sacrifice offense for consistent play. Because consistency wins championships. That's all I got for today. So make sure to watch the All-Star Game tonight. Root for the National League because, man, some of these are so frustrating when the American League just goes on a tear. Oh! annoys me to no end. You can find us online at Wrigley Rapport on Twitter. You can find me on the podcast at Wrigley Podcast on Twitter. You can find us at medium.com slash the dash Wrigley dash Rapport. You can find me online at Big Ben KC. This is Big Single Ben. Have fun tonight. See you tomorrow.